Hello, dear spirit, and welcome to this episode entitled Heat. As a child, I remember being so confused about communion, and it was because I observed certain behaviors that most of the adults displayed before communion took place. The behaviors I speak of were contrary to Christian principles. I saw all sorts of contrary behaviors, such as adults who would secretly make fun of other church members as though they were being discreet, or would secretly fight with their partners, but who played nice during church to put on a show as if no one could see the strife, or who made grocery lists, clipped their nails, or even provoked their children to anger, or engaged in other activities or actions that portrayed detachment rather than unity. Can you tell why it was so confusing for me? I came to realize that all churches who bear the name the Church of Christ engage in these behaviors. But when it came time for communion, those adults of the congregation all became different types and kinds of humans, completely opposite of how they were acting right before communion. So what forced the big change in behavior when it came time for communion? What forced their silence? What forced their reverence? What forced this kind of acting, I thought to myself? I was definitely used to similar types of acting in our household, and to see it outside of the house and in members of the church, well, something in my heart told me to notate this. Even though this behavior wasn't surprising to me, but the voice became louder as I became older. Notate this. And I did. But I became comfortably numb to the voice and the behavior, and it faded. Several years later, I was baptized in the name of Jesus to please my parents. I wanted their love. I craved their love. And the only way I knew how to gain their love was by acting just like them. I acted while taking communion, as if I knew exactly what Christ did for me, but I didn't feel a thing. And if I couldn't feel it, it did not exist. I wanted so badly to feel it. I wanted so badly to feel. Sixteen wild years went by, with me just wandering in the wilderness, paying no attention to the real things that mattered, or how I was supposed to feel toward the things that mattered. I mean, I felt, but when I felt, I knew my level of feeling could look abnormal to some, so I stopped it and I ignored it. I pushed my feelings down, 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 and the flames got higher, and it burned, 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 and created a ring of fire. You're welcome for now having that song stuck in your head. But seriously, I was in the middle of this ring with the flames so high I couldn't see what was waiting for me on the other side. Or perhaps it wasn't the height of the flames, but the effects of the heat from the flames, causing what is known as the shimmering effect. Basically, what humans know as the distortion of light. And so I find it extremely important to take a closer look at what the shimmering effect is. During a shimmering effect, as the air is heated, the volume of air expands. Simultaneously, the density of air decreases. The sunlight is refracted when entering the Earth's atmosphere. When the air is heated, there is a change in density. 
which distorts the refractive angle of light. It's how a mirage works in nature. We see mirages when the ground is hot, while the air is cool. When there is a change in density, in the atmosphere, the light is bent. And this is the same concept when a human peers through flames and sees distortion of light. You're also welcome for this very quick science lesson by yours truly, Ian Amos. Anyway, while I was in the center of this ring of fire caused by my neglect of feeling, I wondered if my own heart and mind was creating its own shimmering effect. My heart was on fire for something, but my mind was as cold as could be, and all I could see was a distortion, this bending of light. Notate this, the voice said in my head. The voice was back, and it was loud and clear. Why was it back, though, I thought. Something to do with light and communion. I was drawn to the books of John, compelled, actually, and all throughout those books, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, it's written that God is light, and God is truth, and God is the word, and God is love. So therefore, if light is the truth, then it's God. Just the same as if truth is light, then it's God. Just the same as the word, the truth, love, and the light, it's God. And if we walk in the light, as he is in the true light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Could it be that the communion is the key to stop this distortion of light? Could it be that the cleansing of our sins by partaking in his blood and body be the way to gain true fellowship with our Father? Could it be that communion is what leads us to the true light that isn't refracted when it enters this world that's ruled by the king of the darkness? Could it really be that the blood of Jesus prevents refraction of light? Well, if so, I'm willing to remember Jesus by partaking in communion, by eating his body, which is life, and by drinking his blood, remembering his love and his sacrifice for me and the entire world. It is in my heart, which is on fire for Lord Jesus, that I take communion because of what he did for me and us. And I love my King with all my mind and might, which is in alignment with my heart that is on fire for him who stops distortion of light and truth. It feels amazing to be loved by a force so powerful. And I say all of this, and I pray all of these things for you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Mm-hmm.